Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning and welcome to part three of Here Comes Heaven. If y'all been enjoying this series, I've really been enjoying it personally. Hopefully you guys have um, and, and believing that God's going to speak something awesome to us again today. Hey, how many of you are in the Christmas spirit yet? You guys are there. You feel it? All right. How many of you are not in the Christmas spirit yet? You're trying to get there? I would probably say that's me. I feel like you come to a realization when you get older that um, like Christmas was more fun when you were a kid because now that you're an adult, you're having to make Christmas fun for like your kids and other kids, you know what I mean? And so it, it's just, it's lost some of the magic for me. I'm trying to get it back. Like yesterday, we um, had a little neighborhood Christmas thing and had Santa there and Finley, my daughter, sits on Santa's lap and then they're like, you want some reindeer food? And I'm like, she's like, she, the look on her, she was so ecstatic. Like she just was like sitting on Santa's lap and they're giving her reindeer food. And I was just reminded of how calloused I am as an adult. I'm like, that's oatmeal. That's not even reindeer food. They're not going to eat that. Like that's, how do you know they eat that? And like Finley's like, I don't know. That's just what the lady gave me. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just telling you though, it's oatmeal. Uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying real hard, you know, keep, keep trying to um, make sure they're having fun and living. How many of you have great traditions that you grew up with at Christmas? And now if you're a parent, you're like, I'm having to re- make those traditions for my kids. And so I've been trying this week. I was like, let's watch all the Home Alones. We got like five minutes in Home Alone and Eli was like crying. He's scared to death. I'm like, maybe it's a little too old for him. All right. Have to start Home Alone next year. Um, love a good Home Alone. And so we are, we are having fun, but the greatest part of Christmas is the celebration of Jesus. And so we're going to jump into that. Let's pray and we'll get into it. Dear God, thank you so much for your desire to speak to us, your desire to give us a part of your heart, God. I pray that today that you would open something in our hearts and minds, that you would do something different, God. That today would mark a change in our lives, it would mark a shift in our spirit, God, where you would change us from the inside out. Where you would open our eyes in areas. And God, we would leave here closer to you and closer to people. Bless this time together in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. I love, oftentimes you'll see, um, I have a hoodie that says it. People post it everywhere where they say, love God, love people. I love that. And really this kind of came along in probably the last 10 or 15 years where people started going, you know, Jesus was asked, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And, and they said, okay, and then what's next? And he said, love people. If you do these two things, you'll do everything the entire law states. So love God and love people. If you can do those things, you will do every single thing that scripture has called us to do if you're living in love towards God and towards people. How many of you know it's a lot easier to say love God and love people than actually loving God and loving people? There was a Korean pastor who used to always say, every day I forgive so many people because every day I hate so many people. <laughs> and um, it's, it, is, if it is true, maybe not for you, maybe I'm the only sinner in here, but I wake up with a list of people to forgive and people that I forgive in advance because they might hurt me. You know what I mean? You have you know, those people like my boss. I know he's probably going to say something hurtful today. So Jesus, just forgive him in advance and bless him. And, um, but I think there is something to the element of, of loving God and loving people. How many of you saw on Facebook the really funny, um, oh gosh, who did it? 
the really funny virtual reality church video on Facebook. Did y'all see that this week where they're like the next evolution of church and the guy's got a virtual reality goggles on. And it's like, you can pick your experience. How skinny do you want your pastor's jeans to be? And then like, have like you know, do you want to worship in private or with people? And like they could tailor the whole experience with their virtual reality from their bed. And it was really funny. And I was having discussions with people about it. And as funny as it was, the, the, the truth is it eliminates a pivotal part of what God calls us to do, which is be in relationship with people. And oftentimes, Christmas is one of those times where we start to evaluate our relationships. We start to look at those maybe we're really close to and those that we're not so close to. How many of you have a sibling that you're like not close to? You just don't talk, you don't, you know. I, I have one of those. I have a sibling that I don't talk to. How many of you have a sibling that, that your best friend? You talk to, you're making plans, ready for them to come in for Christmas. Y'all are going to all your old spots. You're boot scooting boogie. Go to Big Texas, do a little spin dance. Like some of the, I don't know what you guys do. We go Cajun dancing in Louisiana. We go Zydeco. So like I it's kind of like Texas dancing, but a little better. Um, so, but uh, we, it, all of us have relationships that we look at and we evaluate and we go, hey, like, okay, I, this relationship I'm really close with, this relationship I'm not close with. And I think oftentimes people begin in this season of the year to either get really thankful or get really lonely. They say that suicides elevate in this time of the year more than any other time because people begin to feel their loneliness. They look around and they see everyone's got a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Everyone's with their family. Everyone's with people they love. And they begin to evaluate themselves and realize maybe I don't have that or maybe I'm alone. Or I don't know if you've ever been single at Christmas. That's like the saddest thing ever, okay? I, every Christmas, had a girlfriend just because I'm like, I'm not going through the holidays alone. Like, what, are you going to show up to Christmas parties by yourself? Like, no way. So, it was, you know, you find someone, you're like, hey, you want to just date for the holidays? Like, I'm not looking for anything long term. I just need a Christmas partner, like a party partner and stuff. And like, okay, good. Let's agree on that. And um, <clears throat> probably one of the saddest, loneliest moments of my life, I'd broken up with this girl I'd dated a long time. And, and I said, listen, I'm going to give you one chance to take me back, okay? I'm going to go, <laughs> I'm going to go <laughs> to this church. And I'm going to sit. It was this big Catholic church in, in Lafayette. And they light up this 100-year-old oak tree. It's awesome. It's gorgeous. I said, I'm going to wait under that oak tree for one hour. If you, don't, if you show up in that hour, we can reconcile. If not, it's over. Okay. She's like, okay. Four hours later, okay, she never showed up is the moral of the story. And I remember sitting on that bench being like, this may be the loneliest I have ever been in my entire life. Not only do I not have a relationship, but it's Christmas and I'm alone. And lights just aren't as bright when you're single on Christmas. And they're definitely not as bright when you're waiting to try and not be single on a bench for four hours in 30 degree weather. Okay. And uh, so if we begin to evaluate these things and we begin to realize that we can either be far more thankful or far more lonely in our relationships. One in 10 millennials are lonely. A third of people say they dwell on what they failed to accomplish this year. And they actually, I read this whole study, it was awesome, about how the generation before us is less lonely than our generation, even though we're more connected as a generation. So think about that. We're more connected than any generation that's ever lived, but we're lonelier than any generation that's ever lived. And oftentimes, I believe it's because we forget what the value of our relationships are. Today, we're going to continue in Luke 1 and talk about this value of relationships. Luke 1, 39 through 45. Afterward, Mary arose. So for those of you that were here last week, you know, for those of you who aren't, catch you up. The angel has come to Mary, told Mary she's going to have a child. That child is going to be Jesus. She gives her some specific instructions to do. And, and um, now we, we're picking that up after the, the angel has left. Afterward, Mary arose and hurried off to the hill country of Judea, to the village where Zachariah and Elizabeth lived. 
Arriving at their home, Mary entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the moment she heard Mary's voice, the baby within Elizabeth's womb jumped and kicked, and suddenly Elizabeth was filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. Great favor is upon you, for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. For you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Verse 41. I love this. I love this moment where she shows up, she goes in the house, and at the moment she hears Mary's voice, she says, the baby within me leaped. And as I was reading this, beginning to put this message together, I realized that there are certain things inside of you that only a relationship can bring out. There are certain things inside of each and every one of us that only a friendship can bring out. You have any good friends? I'm talking the friends that can bring those things out of you. I have a lot of friends, but I have certain friends that bring things out of me, the good things out of me, not the bad things. I know we probably all have the friends that bring the bad things out, that bring the good things out of you. And I believe that God, when we walk through this life, this journey of life, just like Mary and Elizabeth were, he never intended us to do it alone. Mary, the difference, I love this because it, 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 so, it shows us how much you don't have to be the same age, you don't have to be going through the same stuff, you don't have to be in the same point of life. They are two totally different ages. Elizabeth is old. She's an aunt to Mary. She's, she's, they didn't even think she was going to have a baby. Mary is young, 15, 16. She's scared. She doesn't know what she's going through. And yet God so uniquely joined them to the point where both of them needed each other to get out of this journey, what God needed them to get out of this journey. How many of you know God has put friends in your life to help bring things out of you that only they can bring out of you? Oftentimes, God's greatest gifts come in the form of relationships. Oftentimes, God's greatest gifts come in the form of relationships. Let me show you how it works. You go, God, I want to grow. I want to be, how many of you pray at some point, God, I want to get better. And you ever just pray that prayer? I want to get better. God, I just want to be better. I want to be better than I am. I want to be better in areas of my life. I want to be better. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, I need y'all to teach me because obviously y'all are perfect. Like I just need, and, and we need to just be better. And so what God does is God goes, you do need to be better. You know what I'm going to give you to help you get better? A wife. And then you get a wife and you realize why God gave you a wife. The Bible at the beginning says that they saw a man and that he needed a helpmate. And when I do weddings, I always say, do you know why you need a helpmate? And both of them look at me like, why? And I go, because you need help. Okay, because God knew you needed help. And so God's design to grow us comes in the form of relationships. It's when the Bible talks about iron sharpening iron, and two are better than one, for if one falls, no one's there to pick them up, but if two fall, then they can help the other up. God's design for us to go through this life was never just for us to go through it for us. It was to go through it with rela in relationships with people that were designed to bring things out of you. That people that he's put in your life, when they come into your life, they stir something inside of you, and now something leaps inside of you that only they can make leap that only they can speak to certain things inside of your heart and in your dreams. Oftentimes, this sounds way easier than what it is. Probably, maybe you've been in a season where you've moved somewhere or you found yourself in a season of loneliness and you're going, okay, I wish I had friends, God, but how do I make friends? Me and my wife have this discussion a lot. We have moved, I don't know, seven times in, in, in the 10 years we've been married, seven, eight times, five times, six times, I don't know, a lot of times, okay? I was in the military, and then we were into college, and then we were all over. And every move we would make, we would have the same conversation. 
there would come a point about two weeks in where she would just go, I am lonely. I know, I know girls, none of y'all ever say that. Husbands, I know, your wives never ever say that. I'm, I just don't have any friends. I just wish I could talk to someone. And as guys, that's just not like, like we're not the best just like talkers, you know. And so, like she'll go, I just need to talk. And I'm like, that scares me. Men, y'all, is that just me? When they say, I just need to talk, you just get scared. You're like, what do I say back? Do I, do I nod my head? Do I say no, yes? Like, do I just... Do I cry with her? Do I not cry? Do I cry because she's crying? Do I cry because I wish she would stop talking and crying? Like, I don't know where. And, and every season of life, we would have a moment where I would look at her and I'd go, listen to me. God's going to bring you some divine friendships. We're going to pray. And you can ask her, this is true, every season of our lives. We would lay in bed at night. I would take her hand and we would pray the same prayer. God, give us divine friendships. Give us relationships we're going to do life with forever. Don't just give us good friends. Give us God friends. Give us friends that bring things out of us. Give us friends that stir things in us. Give us friends that are walking this journey of life with us. And every season without fail, God has been so faithful to bring people into our life like that. I encourage you, if you're looking for a relationship, pray that God brings you divine relationships. Relationships are God's greatest gifts, and there's things that only a God friend can bring out of you. Verse 42. Verse 42. With a loud voice, she prophesied with power, Mary, you are a woman given the highest favor and privilege above all others, for your child is destined to bring God great delight. How did I deserve such a remarkable honor to have the mother of my Lord come and visit me? I love this with a loud voice when I read this I just thought how often do we confess things like this maybe quietly maybe in your heart you go God thanks for some good friends like I'm so grateful God for what you're doing in in, in my life and some good friends and and when I was writing this message I just read this and I thought how many God is waiting for us sometimes to just be thankful loud God thank you for the great friends you have given me God thank you that I'm not sitting at home alone God thank you for the relationships that you've put in my life God thank you that I don't have to do this journey by myself Our words will dictate the direction of our holidays. Your words, my words, will dictate the directions of our holidays. Listen, if you are scared of this holidays, if you are going home knowing it's going to be miserable, you know what it's going to be? Miserable. Your words will dictate the direction of your holidays. And oftentimes, when you introduce this dynamic of relationships into holidays, we begin to get disgruntled. Oh, God, got to see my brother. Oh, Lord, my mother-in-law is going to be there. Oh, my goodness, that aunt. You know, we all got that aunt. You know, you're just like, please do not corner me near the turkey. I do not want to talk. Okay, just. And we will begin to prophesy things in our own mind. We will begin to speak things out of this is going to be miserable. This is going to be, I just know she's going to want to talk about why me and my brother aren't talking. And I don't want to talk about that. And they're going to, and it's going to be awkward because they're there. And And I was just reading this thinking, God is waiting for some of us to just prophesy, speak out life into some of the situations around us. Man, I'm so grateful I got a family to celebrate Christmas with. It might not be a perfect family, but guess what? No family is. I'm so grateful that I'm not celebrating Christmas alone. I'm so grateful that I have friends that I can call and wish a Merry Christmas. I'm so grateful for people that send me Christmas cards. I, I thought, I had this thought this week. People send you Christmas cards. You get a lot of Christmas cards and like you open them up. Oh, that's sweet. Like you guys look worse than you did last year. Okay, we'll put your old Christmas card up instead of this one. And, um, you, you know, if you get a lot of, you guys don't do that. That's just me. Okay, well, um, judge me for it. So um, we, we get a lot of Christmas cards. And every time I open a Christmas card, it kind of gets like, you, you know, you get used to it. You just say, oh, hey, so-and-so sent a Christmas card. So-and-so sent a Christmas card. Now that I'm sending out Christmas cards, 
I become very thankful for every Christmas card I get because I realize that that means someone thought about me in that process and said, I want to send them something. I, I want them to, be, to remember us, and I want them to know that I remember them. Little stuff that we take for granted that we don't even think of that God is waiting for us to speak life into and go, man, I'm so thankful that people thought about me when they were sending out their cards. Because the lie of the enemy in this season of people is often you're the only one, you're alone, no one's thinking of you, no one knows what you're walking through, no one. And I want you to know every time you get a Christmas card, somebody was thinking good about you. Somebody was thinking, I want them to remember how much I love them. I want them to remember how much I care about them. I want them to remember that I was thinking about them. And we begin to see that relationships that we're thankful for begin to be relationships that God can use. Verse 44 Verse 44, the moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. The moment you came in the door and greeted me, my baby danced inside me with ecstatic joy. I love this because you know what this really says to us as believers? We should have this same experience everywhere we go. When we walk in the door, people's atmosphere should shift around us. That they go, the moment they walked in the door, Christmas got better. The moment they stepped in my house, something changed. The moment they stepped into our situation, something shifted in the environment. Let's not be people that go into Christmas and go into holidays and we walk in and no one notices and we leave and no one notices. Let's be people that the moment we walk in, something shifts and people realize that something is different. That we're the people that show up and we love on everybody and we bring the party and we tell people how awesome they look even when they don't. And we tell people how grateful we are for them. We tell people, like, let's be those kinds of people. Holidays, when you begin to read about it, can be as adults a depressing time. I don't know if your family's like my family, but like I got family drama at times. I know you guys probably don't. Maybe they just don't have family drama in Texas. Cajuns, we got a lot of family drama just always. Like it's just like, I think it's just like a curse of the Cajun people. Everybody's always fighting with somebody. You see all the Cajuns are nodding their head. They're like, man, that's my family. Everybody's fighting with everybody. And so it's, it, <laughs> it, is, it is a time where as adults, we can get miserable. If we don't allow ourselves to be the environment changers, if we allow ourselves to come into the environment and all of a sudden we're just like everybody else there, Christmas will go like Christmas is gone maybe every other year. But I encourage you this year, the moment you come in the door and greet people, let something awaken inside of them so that they know it's different. Let's be the change in the environment this year. Let's not just participate in Christmas. Let's not participate in joy. Let's not participate in celebration. Let's be the joy in the celebration. Let's be the happiness in the celebration. Let's make it our goal that when we go into a room, we're going to make sure we leave there and everyone feels better about themselves than before we walked in the room. How many of you know people want to be around somebody that makes them feel better about themselves every time you're there? My goal for us at Valley Rise Church is that we would be those people. That when we walk in a room, people go, God, they're just, there's something awesome about them. They just love on everybody. They're happy. They're always joyful. They're always, because we will be the people that when we walk in the door, God can use to shift the atmosphere. Who we are will speak louder than anything we say. Who we are will speak louder than anything that we say. And oftentimes, the last church that, that we were at, Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama, massive church, second largest church in America. We were on staff there for three years and loved it. And we would always talk about our hiring process. And our hiring process, people would go, how do you get hired here? How do you get, and our answer was always the same, be a happy person. And they would be like, what do you mean? Like, we only hire people who are just joyful. Like, like, if you come in for an interview and you're not a happy person, why would we want you to be on the team? Like, we, don't want, we look for people in the audience that are just happy people, that they just love being here because they love being here. 
How many know that's what God is looking for for his team? People that are joyful. People that show up and just go like, yo, hey, I don't know what was going on before I got here. I don't know what level the party was at before I got here. I don't know if everyone was sad before I got here. But guess what? I'm here. Joy's here. Hope's here. Life's here. Peace is here. Because out of me and my relationship with God flows all of these things. And it goes back to what Jesus talked about. If we can love God and fill ourselves up with that and then go into our environments and pour ourselves out, we begin to become a conduit for the love of God to people. That is our goal as believers, is to be a conduit for God's love to people. My pastor, Pastor Chris in in Birmingham, preached a message last week, and he said something. Don't tweet this because this is his line. This is not my line. He said, if you miss the person, you miss the point. And it's so true because this holiday season, if we will miss the people that you're around, then you miss the point of the whole thing. God's desire for all of this is so that we would make the world around us better. When the Bible talks about be the salt, be the light, what does that mean? You ever eat something without salt? Okay, y'all are in the South enough. We're Cajun. If I eat something without salt, like it's grilled, I immediately know. I'm a professional gumbo taster, okay? Y'all have no clue. I, I, I wrote a food blog for a while. I know you're like, really? I promise. I love food like you don't even know, okay? I can taste something. My wife, she'll make something. She'll like, come taste this. My mom to this day when I walk in the house, come taste this. I'm like, oh, no, not too much. Too much salt. Not enough salt. We need a little more pepper. We need a little. I have a seasoned Cajun palate, all right? Y'all don't I'm a professional food taster. And um, when I taste something that's bland, immediately I'm like, oh, no, we got we to change that up. How many of you know that's what the world is without you? That's what your world is without the love of God inside of you changing the atmosphere. You ever walk into a party and you just go, eh. Eh. it's all right like everybody brings the same veggie tray everybody brings the same meat tray we've all used you know the veggie tray it's like the same veggie tray everyone brings to every party and it's got like the celery it's got the broccoli that's too old so it's kind of slimy it's got like the carrot sticks that also have a little slime on them it's got the green beans which I didn't eat those for a long time but those are actually really good those like snap beans everybody brings the same stuff and then they put it down and everybody just kind of stands around like eh. I hate that I love walking into a room and going, hey, tell me your story. I want to make the room better because Jesus in you should make the world better. If Jesus in you doesn't change the world around you, then we're missing it somewhere. Because God's design is for us to be filled up with his love and then pour ourselves out to the world around us. The moment we walk in the door this year, let's be world changers. Verse 45, verse 45, great favor is upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. Great favor is upon you. I want everyone to say believed with me. Great favor is upon you for you have believed every word spoken to you from the Lord. This is an interesting verse to me. Because you think she would say great favor is upon you because the angel just showed up and told you you were going to have Jesus. Like that's pretty, how many of you know that's pretty impressive? Like that would be, you probably get some favor for that. Or Great favor is upon you for, like, you've done everything that God asked you to do. That would be a good one, it seems like. Or Great favor is upon you because God chose you. He looked at you, and you were holy enough, and he thought, wow, this is the perfect vessel to carry my child. I would think if I'm the person saying this, there's some things that would come in my mind about great favor being on her before because you believed. But I believe that God is trying to speak something very unique to us in this. Because the truth of this whole journey, the truth of this whole Christmas season, the truth of all your relationships is that the battle has always been, it still is, and will always be for your mind. The battle is always for your mind. The enemy, when he was defeated on the cross, he was stripped of all power. He has one power that he can use. 
He has only one power. Do you know what it is? Anyone? You can say it. He can lie. He can lie. The only power that he has is the power to lie to us. And what the battle is always for is our mind, because if he can get our mind, he can get our body and our actions. He has always been about trying to lie and deceive. It's why he says he's a liar. It's his nature. He doesn't know how to do anything but lie. What did he do to Eve? Did he force Eve to eat the apple? No. He said, hey, you should taste this. This is really good. God doesn't want you to have this because he knows if you have this, you'll be like him. It's a lot. It's always lies. And the enemy's goal is to try and get us to be deceived by what God is trying to do in us. And so what Elizabeth praises in Mary is not her ability to do what God asked her to do. It was not her ability to walk in holiness so that God chose her. It was not her ability to just live out everything that God said and an angel showed God. It was none of those things. What she gets praised for is because she believed God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And I want to just tell you today the battle is still the same. And the challenge is still the same. God is looking for people who believe that he's going to do what he said he was going to do. That it doesn't matter what it looks like externally. It doesn't matter what the bank account says. It doesn't matter what the relationship feels like. It doesn't matter what the situation is work at. That you would believe that God is going to do what he told you he was going to do. He is still looking to use people who will just believe that he can do it. It's why Jesus, when he would heal people, would walk up to them and he would always ask them a question. Every single person he ever healed. Jesus would never just walk up and go, hey, you're healed, go. That seems like that'd be great. If I was Jesus, that's what I'd do. I'd walk in and go, everybody healed, y'all go. Like, it's not what Jesus does. He asks every single one of them the same question. Do you believe that you can be healed? Do you believe I can heal you? Every single one, why? Because the battle is still for our mind to believe that God can do what he said he can do. And if we will begin to set our mind and our belief on what God has spoke to us and on what God wants to do in us, we can begin to walk out the miraculous in our lives. I love this because two people speak to Mary in this story. Two people speak to Mary in this story and it solidifies what God wants to do inside of her. Think about this. You have just been told you're 15, 16 years old. You're going to have a baby. The baby is Jesus's. Okay. The baby is Jesus. God's the father. Process that for a moment at 15 years old, okay? She gets up from there, goes to her aunt's house, walks in the door at her aunt's house. Her aunt has this experience that something leaps inside of her and begins to prophesy and say, great favor is upon you because you've believed. Two people have spoken to Mary in this process. And it's the same two people that desire to speak to you and me today. God spoke to Mary in this process. He sent an angel and said, this is what's going to happen. And then a friend spoke to Mary in this process and reaffirmed what God put inside of her. How many of you know God still desires to speak things to you every single day? Why do we get up and spend time with God? Why do we get up and, and read our Bible? Why do we get, because God is waiting to speak to you. And the relationships we surround ourselves with, you got to get this, this is so important, the relationships that you surround yourself with will either affirm or tear down what God has spoken to you that he wants to do in you. And the problem with a lot of us is we get close to God, but the relationships around us pull away from what God is trying to do in us. And so we stay stuck in this middle ground of God wants to do something with me, but they say that it's not possible. God wants to do something in me, but they say that it can't happen. God wants to do something in me, but they say that I'm not good enough. God wants to do something in me, but 
but I'm just a mom. I'm just a dad. I'm just a kid. I'm just, and God's going, I'm just looking for someone who will believe that I'll do what I said I would do. I'm just looking for someone who surrounds themselves with the right relationships that can affirm what I've put inside of their hearts so that they can walk out the miraculous. That would be a great time to clap, but you don't have to. Whew. Like I'm trying so hard. Just one clap. Yeah. <laughs> um, two people spoke to Mary. God and Elizabeth. That's it. We still have that same opportunity. God is waiting to speak to you. I want to tell you this. If you don't know this today, God desires to talk to you every single day. God desires to talk to you every single day. What does that look like? It's different for all of us. Some of us, some people say they hear the audible voice of God. I've never personally heard the audible voice of God. Some of us, what happens for me is, it's like I have a blank chalkboard in my mind, and when I spend time with God, things get written on there that I know are not for me. You ever have those moments? I call them God moments where you're praying and something pops in your mind, and you go, that, wow, where did that come from? Like that, I don't even know. I love when it's people, because without fail, I'll be praying. Someone will pop in my mind. I'll text that person. Without fail, almost 100% of the time, They'll go, you have no clue how bad I needed that. I've been praying for God to show me a sign. I've been, man, today's the worst day I've ever had. I needed that. God is still wanting to speak to each and every one of you. It takes us getting alone with him. It takes us spending time with him. It takes you sitting down in the quiet and going, God, speak to me. Whatever you want to speak to me, speak to me. I'm here to listen. And then being able to walk out whatever it is. And when you surround yourself with the right people, that's 80% of the journey. Surrounding yourself with the right people is 80% of the whole journey. Most of the time people go wrong, it's because they were with the wrong people that got them to the wrong place at the wrong time. God's design is for us to just be with the right people because if we're with the right people, you'll be in the right place most of the time. I don't know if your grandmother told you, my grandmother used to always say, you know, you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. You lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas. What was she saying? She was saying, choose good friends. Choose good friends. The people you surround yourself with will forward your destiny or pull you back. So my challenge to us today is, one, take inventory of your relationships. Put them into three categories. Three categories. Fans, family, and friends. Let me tell you what those are. Fans, people, people love me. I love them. You know, we, we have no relationship other than just, hey, love you. You love me. Cool. That's awesome. Like, hey, high five. Fans. People that you're, you're casual, maybe people you work with. Then you got friends, the people you do life with, the people that, that, that maybe they can speak things into you and, and maybe you can speak things into them and you help sharpen each other. And then you've got family. And I don't mean literal family, although you've got that as well, but God will give you people that turn into family in your life. You ever have friends that turn into family? I call them framly. You ever, we, we got friends we vacation with, and we're like, this is our framly. And people are like, do you have a stutter? Or like, what is that? I'm like, no, it's my bramly dog. I just said it. It's people, it's friends that got so close with us that they became family. That I trust them more than I trust my brothers. I trust them more than, that they can look at me and go, Christian, you're off right here. Or God wants to do this, or I challenge you to do this. And it makes things leap inside of me. God designs for each and every one of us to have three levels of relationships in our lives and be able to put people in the appropriate ones. Because listen to me, fans don't need to carry the same weight as family. And oftentimes we allow our fans to carry the same weight as family and when they speak to us, it hurts us like our family spoke it to us. 
I know men, we probably don't struggle with this a lot. And women, I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying I know some women that kind of struggle with this sometimes. Where someone will say something to you and it will carry the weight of like, like your dad said it. Or like your sister said it. Or like your husband said it. And me and Alex have a constant conversation that I'll look at her and I'll go, don't let people who don't matter define you. Their words do not carry the weight of our family. The people that know you the most, that's who carries the weight. Those are the people that champion you. Those are the people that encourage you. Those are the people that call things out inside of you and inside of me. God desires for us to have these relationships. As I close, Manuel, you can come up here. I think this value of relationships is something that that, that maybe we don't think about in the holidays. We get caught up in the rush. We get caught up in all of the planning for the kids and getting all the presents and getting all that oftentimes, kind of like a wedding, by the time it's passed, you look back and you're like, who was even there? What did we even do? I don't remember much about it, but it was fun, I guess, you know. And, and, and we will let life go on like that. And the older you get, the faster life gets. And the faster it gets, the more you look back and you're going, who is a, I don't even remember who was at Christmas last year. I have five brothers and a sister. I legitimately don't even remember who was at Christmas last year. Okay? Because life gets really, really fast if we don't choose to slow down and be thankful for the relationships and value the relationships that God has put in our life. So my challenge is to, to you is this. One, when you're going into these holidays, when you walk in the door, let something shift in the atmosphere. Let people tell that there's something different when you come in the room. That you're just determined to have the biggest smile on your face. That you're going to love on everybody. You're going to hug everybody. If you're Cajun, we kiss every old lady on the cheek or on the mouth or whatever. It gets kind of weird. But you, we just, I'm going to make the rounds. I'm going to kiss everybody, hug everybody, high five everybody. Like, and when I leave, I want people to go, God, it's awesome when they are here. Because we are representatives of Jesus. And when Jesus would show up, if he would show up at your Christmas party, it would be awesome. Remember, kids love Jesus. Jesus would show up like with pockets full of candy or something. I don't know what he was doing, but he's just, kids, for kids to follow you around, you got to be a good time. Jesus was not like, away from me, sinners, and where's my robe and my wine? Like, that's just, I think we paint this picture of Jesus sometimes. Jesus was the life of the party. Jesus was when he showed up, everyone's like, oh, yes, Jesus is here. Maybe he's going to heal somebody. Maybe he's just going to be a good time. Maybe he's going to turn water to wine. We don't know what he's going to do. Jesus was a good time. We need to be that to people. When we show up, we've got to be the joy of the world to them because the joy of the world lives inside of us. The hope of the world lives inside of us. And our goal this Christmas is to get with Jesus, spend time with Jesus, let him speak to our hearts. And then take that into our environment and share that love with each and every person that we encounter. There's a way that, that we can do this, and I encourage you to do this. When you go home today or when you go home this week, sit down and write a list out of the relationships that you're thankful for. Maybe you've never done this before. Wrote out the relationships that you're thankful for. Put it up on your mirror or put it up in your kitchen or put it up in, so that when you walk by it every time, you go, God, look, I'm so, if it's five people, if it's ten people, if it's two people, somebody has a list with nobody on it. God, I'm so thankful that you've put relationships in my life. I'm so thankful that I don't have to do this journey alone. I'm so thankful. God, it's why we do small groups as a church. We just finished our semester. will start at the, at the end of January. It's why we believe so heavy in small groups. Because no one should have to walk this journey alone. We're all going through the same stuff. You're going through the same stuff as I'm going through. No one has it figured out yet. 
And we've got to have relationships that we can be thankful for, that we can get with and go, I just hate life right now, and I need you to help me figure out how to get out of this hole. God's design was always that. Love God and love people. I encourage you, make a list of the relationships that you value. What you value, what you put that value on, you'll begin to treasure. I love our Christmas morning tradition. We have a Christmas morning tradition, and I don't know if if some of you guys may do this. We get around, and um, everyone in our family, again, I have a big family. Everyone in our family, now we have wives and kids, and so it's just a prolonged process. We sit around in a circle. We've done this every year since I was a kid. I don't remember a year when we didn't do it. And we all go around and say what we're thankful for that year. Okay, before we can open presents, everyone, okay? Now, I'm, I, I remember this as a little kid. I remember being Eli's age, six years old, and being like, oh, my God, please hurry. I just want to open these presents. Like, please. And it goes everyone, you know, starts at the youngest. Okay, Amberly, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for all my brothers, and they're so strong and handsome. And like, okay, that's good, Amberly. And then it goes to the next one. And Haddon, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful that I look like Christian because he's the best brother of all of us, and he's strong. And so I'm thankful that I got his genes and not Jacob's because, uh, and we go through all of them, each and every one, all the way to me. I'm thankful that God made me me and gave you guys to cheer me on. And so then the next one, you know, and we go, we go, everybody goes through what they're thankful for. The kids. And then Finley, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for presents and, and a Barbie house. I'm like, that's not, that's not, that's still a present. You didn't get it. Then it gets to my dad. And every year without fail, my dad says the same thing. It's kind of a joke. We all just like say it with him now. Cause like he says it, he said it since forever, forever, forever. And he'll say every year, I'm so thankful that, I don't know how many years ago it is, 40 years now. I don't, I don't know, Dad, if you're listening to this, it's probably a long time. 40 years ago, a man came into Jackson Junior High School in Houston, Texas, and preached the gospel to me, took me in and raised me like his own son until I was 20, taught me how to love a woman, taught me how to be a husband, taught me how to be a father, taught me how to be a pastor. And I love every time he says it because what he's really saying is he's thankful for the relationships that God has given him. But for a relationship we wouldn't be here. I would probably be in Houston, but be like in, in Houston, Houston. We would not be in the woodlands. Um, and, and what he is saying is there's relationships that God puts in your life that alter the direction of your destiny forever. There are relationships God wants to put in your life that will alter the direction of your destiny forever. I'm so grateful for that man. We call him Brother Keith. He's like my grandfather. Without him, who, I wouldn't be here. Without him, we wouldn't be here. Valerie Rise wouldn't be here. My kids wouldn't be here. That a man was driving down the road and God spoke to him and said, I want you to go in there and speak to that junior high school. I've already given that school to you. And that he would just be obedient to what God has asked him to do. That he would believe that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. I had a call the other day with my dad. He calls me and he goes, what are you doing? Hey, you're on my way to a meeting. He goes, why aren't you knocking on doors? Why aren't you going? They're, the next Jacob Aranza is in one of those middle schools over there waiting for someone to come preach to him. And I had this amazing thought that oftentimes in our generation we're so convinced that it's about what we're going to do, what we're going to build, what we're going to accomplish. Look at what we can create. Look at what we can produce. Look at what, and maybe for some of us the greatest thing that we'll ever do is just invest into a relationship. When that man pulled into that junior high, he didn't know he was going to bring a kid in, a little Mexican kid, hair down to his shoulders, high on drugs, that was going to eventually go on to speak to over 10 million high school students around the world, write two bestsellers, the chaplain for the Saints for five years, have some really good-looking children that would start a church back in Houston. He had no clue that that was going to happen. 
He just invested into a relationship that he believed God called him to invest in. You don't know the relationships you're going to encounter this holidays that could be the next world changer, that could be the next great thing that God wants to use. Our job is to just love God and then pour back into people. This holidays, I want to make it very simple for us. Let's just love God and let's love people. And as we do, we will see heaven come to earth. We will see the earth changed by the love of Jesus inside of each and every one of us. But it takes us being intentional. It takes us being grateful. And it takes us stepping out and doing it. God is waiting for us to reach the world. Would you bow your heads with me? Dear God, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you, God, for the relationships that you've already created in Valley Rise and that you continue to create. Thank you, God, for the people that you've put in here that have already enriched our lives, that enriched other people's lives. Nothing brings me greater joy, God. I pray as a church we would be known for investing into people, loving people, being as passionate about our love for people as we are about our love for God. And as we get closer to you and closer to people, we see the world around us change. God, I pray for divine friendships in people's lives. Divine friendships. If that's you, every head bowed. If that's you and you say, Christian, this season is lonely for me. I need some divine relationships. I'm looking for God friends, Christian. I feel like I just can't find them. I feel like I can't get traction. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray that prayer for you. The same prayer I pray for my wife. Same prayer I pray for us in every season. Okay, you can put them down. Dear God, thank you so much for each and every hand that's raised. God, you see them. This week, God, I pray divine relationships into existence. I pray God friends. I pray people that speak to their spirit and their soul. I pray people that when they connect with them, something leaps inside of them, and they know that you have put them together for life. God, I just pray the greatest relationships they could ever imagine walk into their lives even this next week. Divine relationships, God. I pray that it comes to fruition. God, you've been so faithful to bring us those friends every season of our life. I ask that you would bring that same favor and same faithfulness to each and every person here, that they would find those divine relationships, those divine connections, and that you would spark something inside of them that changes eternity. Now, with every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here that I'm talking about this relationship with God and this joy that's inside of you and this peace that's inside of you and the love that's inside of us. Maybe, maybe you're here today and you just go, Christian, I've never known that. I've, maybe I've known church or I've known religion, but I've never known that thing you're talking about that creates joy and peace and love inside of me, that shifts who I am on the inside, a nature change that takes my nature and gives me God's nature. If that's you today, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus, but you say, Christian, that's me, and today I want to take that step of becoming a Christian and having that peace and joy in my life. Would you just slip your hand up for me? I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. We're going to pray this, and you can repeat after me. You can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. You can say it under your breath. This is between you and God. As long as you mean it is what I ask. Dear Lord Jesus, today I recognize how bad I need you. I recognize that without you, life isn't as full. I'll never find my purpose. Thank you so much for coming down from heaven. Dying on the cross to pay for my sins. And then raising from the dead to give me new life. 
Today, Jesus, I ask you to fill me with your peace, your joy, your hope, your love. Today, I become a follower of you. And I vow to love you with all my heart and to love the world around me. Now, God, I just pray for every person that prayed that prayer. I pray you would seal that in their hearts. God, I pray that you would do something unique and special inside of them, even this week. Pray that as they lay down to sleep tonight, they would feel that joy and peace inside of their hearts and minds. That they would experience you on a new level, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you are so faithful to do what we know you will do. Pray you bless each and every person here. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Amen. Amen. Hey, I'm, I encourage you next week. I'm excited. We're going to be doing next week what we call a Vesper service. How many of you know what a Vesper service is? Okay, so we got like, the, our, our, our ashamed Cajuns down here are like, we know. Like they don't. So if you grow up in, in South Louisiana, we do on Christmas what we call Vesper services. And what it is, is it's a short 30, 40 minute communion service. And so we're going to all be in here, bring your kids in here. We're going to have stuff at the door for them so that they're not, you know, going nuts. They can play with things. And um, we're going to do some Christmas songs together as a church family. We're going to take communion together, you with your family. I'm going to pray over all of our families and just pray that this is the greatest Christmas ever. And then I'm going to give about a 10-minute awesome salvation message. So if you have lost friends or family members that you go, hey, let me tell you this, 80% of people are more likely to go to church on Christmas or Easter than any other time of the year. So if there's people that you've been waiting, this is the weekend to ask. This is the weekend to go, hey, it's Christmas. Why don't you come to church on Christmas? And like people be like, okay, I'll go. Be a bringer. Go, hey, I will pick you up. Don't give them the option. I'm going to pick you up at 930, okay, and we're going to go to church together. This is the weekend that you want to bring lost people. And if there's people you've been praying for, like there's people I've been praying for, this is the weekend to invite them. It's going to be a short service. It's going to be the best of everything we do. We're going to have a choir and like a cello player or whatever that is. I don't know what that is. Uh, um, it's going to be awesome. And uh, so, and, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to give just a really great 10-minute man message that, that I believe is going to shape some of, some of our family and friends' eternities. So, um, none of it happens without you. We did an awesome neighborhood event yesterday. We were able to just serve on people and love on people and pass out Valley Ride stuff and hang out with our neighborhood. And so that was awesome. This Wednesday, we're doing, for those of you who asked, we're doing, uh, we're feeding a bunch of students here at Klein Oak that won't have Christmas. Valley Rise is doing a Christmas thing for them. So if you want more information on that, you can ask any of our team in the lobby um, and, and they can help you get set up to serve with that. Um, think that's everything. The 30th, we will be having church. Some people ask me, are y'all doing church on 30th? I don't know why we wouldn't. It's right before New Year's. Got to get good with Jesus before you go to your New Year's parties. Okay, I know. Um, and, and so we're going we're gonna to have church and celebrate together. It's going to be awesome. Great time to bring your family then that are in town. Um, if you came prepared to worship with your giving today, we got three ways that you can do that. You can give in an offering envelope, put that in the bucket. Hey, also, if you made a decision for Jesus today on your connection card, you can check that box. I want to send you a letter and some stuff that will help you take some next steps. Um, you can give online at valleyrisechurch.com. You can text Valley Rise in the amount to 77296. You guys are such a generous church, and I'm so thankful for each and every one of you and how you give and how faithful you are to see God do something in this area. We love it. And we just, it, it is the privilege of our lives to be a part of your life. 
I mean that. We think about you every day. If there's ever a moment in life that you feel lonely, I pr- go to bed knowing Pastor Christian is thinking about me. Like I'm laying in bed, going through a list of people in my mind, praying for you, and praying for your family, and praying for the cars that you wrote down, and praying for the things that you're thinking about. And so it's the privilege of our lives to stand with you as your pastors and as your church. Hey, we're going to pray and take up this offering, and then we'll get out of here. Dear Lord God, thank you so much for each and every person here. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in their lives, what you're doing in Valley Rise, and what you're doing in our city. God, I just pray that you would bless each and every gift and every giver. Return it to them a hundredfold, God. I pray that you just bless them more than they could ever imagine. We're so thankful for every single person, God, who invests. Bless them. Return it to them. Let this be the greatest Christmas ever, God. Pray peace upon their families. Pray you bless them in their goings, God. In their coming and goings, God, bless them. Make your face to shine upon them. May everything they set their hand to, seeking first the kingdom of God, may it prosper. Pray bless them and keep them in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.